Welcome to the See Through Design podcast, where we have an open and honest conversation about design. Hosted by myself, Casper Samano. And myself, Liam Jackson. Welcome to the See Through Design podcast. Welcome. Today, we're going to be discussing our next installment of our Seven Deadly Sins uh, series. Are you going to tell everybody what that uh, topic is, Liam? Well, we'll do the drum, little drum roll for the music. So, yeah, sloth. Not the That's animals that are really cool. And like, they are quite cool. Crawl around. I kind of wish I was a sloth animal. What would your day to day be as a sloth? It's just crawling around. Like, are they crawling? I thought they hang from trees. Am I getting mixed up? Yeah, but they, you know, they do very slowly move around as well. You have to move around to get new food, and, and that's what they do. They just sit around and munch. So, sounds like the perfect life. Yeah, isn't it? reincarnation. Please, can it be a sloth? <laughs> Although I'm not sure whether they, uh, they're like they must be prone to like predators attacks and stuff. So and and obviously they've they've got to have some, well, dare I say it, benefit or relevance for being around. I mean, it sounds like their job's pretty low key, but I'm hoping to do with the ecosystem. Maybe they've got some. <laughs> reason for being They're probably um, more important than graphic designers <laughs> absolutely um answers on the postcard you know if you're if you're a geek about sloths if you love to geek out about a sloth can you get in touch and let us know lots of information about them do you know there was a company that made their marketing tool was a meerkat we won't mention names. We're not going to do adverts today. But so there's one that gives a meerkat teddy bear if you use mm-hmm. their product. But there's a sofa company that if you buy a sofa from them, they give you a teddy bear sloth. Cool. I know someone that's got one. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Is it? Yeah. I mean, you you kind of want to like get the meerkat and the sloth and have a little kind of like play Family. fight between them, wouldn't you? Yeah. See who would win. So do, do you want to know an interesting story about the company that you didn't say the name of, but everybody knows what you're talking about? Yeah. Um, I had a job job interview there. The head office is literally 10 minutes away from me as a senior graphic designer. Really? Yeah, absolutely. And did you get it? I got called back for a second interview. In fact, I think, I think it got to a point in the interview where I was like, I don't think this is going well. And <laughs> normally when, when I think, oh, it's not going well, I like to try and spin things into, well, you know, if I'm not going to get it, bugger it, I might as well have a bit of fun here, you know, <laughs> r- ruffle a few feathers, as they say. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what, I think I said something along the lines of, well, what do you think, um, uh, you, you know, what do you think we should you know, be doing as a company in this, this and this. And I just turned around and said, I think you should be worried because sounds like, and see, it sounds like, and it feels like you kind of flogging a dead horse with all of this. <laughs> and uh, I actually used those words. Um, and I didn't expect to call back, but 
interestingly enough, I did get a call back. And I think wow. the guy said to me something along the lines of, yes, you know, we we're always trying to come up with new ideas. So your concerns and worries about trying to stay fresh and innovative um, were rational and, and uh, you know, That's kind good. of relevant. So, yeah, interesting. But um, I uh, did go for a job interview there. Nice. I decided not to take the job <laughs> or go for the second interview. Why? Just went for um, I'd been offered another job. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'd kind of decided to take that. I think, you know, I mean, this episode's about sloth. <laughs> we do this, don't we? You know, it's <laughs> the, like the Joe Rogan Josh um, podcast where he kind of diver- digresses. We said, I say Joe Rogan Josh, it's because I, Liam asked me the other day if I'd listened to Joe Rogan. And I don't really. Um, but every time I hear the word Rogan, I think of Rogan Josh. So. I call it the Joe Rogan Josh podcast and instantly we've lost all of the uh, listeners that uh, decided to be loyal to us as a podcast. I had a nice lamb Rogan Josh the other night. Oh, I love lamb Rogan can't, Josh. Can't go wrong with a Rogan yeah, Josh. Not at all. I think probably the ultimate of lamb dishes. Yeah. Definitely. So what was I talking about uh, before I start Sloth. to talk about... Sloth, yeah, I know we were talking about <laughs> sloth, but um, yeah, you asked me about the interview that I had at Compare the Market. Oh, oh. Bleep, 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 bleep that out. Um, no, nah, I, right. I did decide not to take it because it was that in house designer thing. You know, I'd got a graphic design. Well, look, there's me saying I decided not to take it. I didn't get offered the job, I got a call back for a second <laughs> interview. So, I don't want to kind of sound like I did better than I did. Um, But I decided not to go back for the second interview because of wanting to work in an agency. My my background is agency, you know, that's what I've done and not what I'm used to. I'm I'm used to that high pressured, high paced environment of an agency and kind of jumping on different things and diving into UI and UX and logo design and then printing brochures and, you know, this, just doing everything. Um, yeah. And uh, packaging, you know, there's n- not a day that's uh, not diverse. So um, that's the reason. Um, but th- that kind of brings us nicely onto the topic, actually, of Sloth, because we spoke, didn't we, briefly before our podcast about um, what what sloth means to us and yeah the the relevance of it as a seven deadly sin um and i kind of will go into a bit more detail but i think i work well under pressure i'm just going to leave it like that um but i'm going to let you kick off is that it now for the podcast that's all you're going to say no i'm going to i'm going to i'm going (laughs) to say more um (laughs) but you're gonna i get that though i do get the um I'm the same under pressure. I think when you have to make decisions quicker, yeah, and you haven't got time to kind of mold things over, mm-hmm. quite often the outcome can actually be better as well. Absolutely. So, I think for the the benefit of the the listeners, um, we're taking the word sloth as being lazy. Yeah, we're going to be discussing such things as procrastination generally being lazy with your design work, lazy in the way that you have, um, you set things up 
that sort of thing. And yeah. um, where I think pressure, like you just said there, Liam, I definitely work better under pressure. I sometimes find that when I've got a really nice planned out kind of list and it's all spaced out and it's not really any deadline, I turn into sloth. Yeah. And feel like I've got all the time in the world to just diddy daddle through the day. Yeah. Um, absolutely. So as much as having a process and being all neat and tidy and writing down a job to do list, like I've, I say it all the time, don't I? It's not one size fits all. <laughs> um, no, I'm very much doctor's handwriting when it comes to writing down my job list and, you know, getting quite manic with it, you know, um, and uh, even in that sense, writing down a list, I can be quite sloth because I'm just lazy in the way that I write it. But under pressure, you're like, oh, you know, the list isn't important. The actually act of jotting it down is. But being lazy in that sense, I'm like I'm looking at my list. I can't read my own writing. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what I'm doing. Um, Lists are definitely a winner for me. Um, do you want to Even, tell the listeners that you forgot to write down that you're doing this podcast today earlier on your list? I didn't actually. No, you I did. did actually. You're right. I did. You did. Yeah. I, had, I had a list, but I thought we were doing it this evening and my list was just for the, the working the day. day. So I was like, finish work, then we're doing podcast, and then you reminded me. Um, hmm. So, yeah, I guess that is one thing. I'm not that organized in uh, calendars and things like that which I do think helps a lot with if you're organized, you can like, there's less clutter in the brain. So yeah, you can kind of focus more on a task at hand and kind of, so that's one thing I need to definitely do is organize myself better, but lists like say is definitely something that really helps me. You can use it as like a reward system as well. So it's like, you know, okay, I want to get this done by lunchtime. Then at lunchtime, I'm going to reward myself with a treat. Mm -hmm. I think that's quite a good way to entice yourself, especially us like being self-employed. It's very easy to, you know, you're your own boss. So oh, I can have a lie-in or I can, you know, so I think writing a list the night before as well, or on a Sunday for like what you're going to achieve that week is definitely something that's helped me. And I think motivation in general is it is so difficult when you're self you, you when you're self employed. So it's very easy to procrastinate, become the sloth, um, feel lazy, spend an extra half an hour in bed. Um, you know, maybe just get involved in tasks that aren't really that important. Yeah. Um, I'm a, a nightmare for just having a quick look at Amazon in the morning. And then, you know, then it's 20 past nine. And I don't know, just, it's not late. It's not late in the day, but it's fractured. You know, if, if, you, if you're saying that you start work at nine and you then start work at 20 past nine, then I think you instantly start a little bit fractured and it kind of sets a bit of a precedent and a bit of a tone. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, when you mentioned clutter in list, like, I don't think you start... I don't think being lazy is 
and I'm going to refer to sloth as being lazy because I feel like that has a little bit more of an impact. It like feels a little bit more like, oh, it's quite a serious thing. If someone's calling you lazy, that would really piss me off, you know. <laughs> um, but let's let's uh, use the word lazy and and say if you're being lazy and you haven't tidied your office and you've got shit everywhere, you've got pens, you've got paper. It's you know I've I've come into an office. And it's made me feel even more lazy. And in fact, I remember going, when I was seeing a therapist to help me with a few issues, you know, she said something that sticks in my mind. And it's literally about the environment that you're in. And you mentioned the word clutter. And she used to use the the, the saying or the phrase, clear the clutter, clear the mind. Yeah. And I think it's so important to try and not be lazy when it comes to your physical surroundings. Mm-hmm. Um, and making sure that when you get up in the morning and you you go into your office or into the place of work that you start each day in a in a, in a good environment. Um, mm. I've often come in when my office is a mess and gone. I don't really want to be here now because it just looks awful, and it doesn't really make you want to be there. It doesn't really give you that kind of sense of get up and go and start getting into work mode. So I think if you can train yourself to uh, be less lazy and, and keep your your surroundings tidy and clear that clutter. Um, don't hoard stuff. That's really important um, in yeah. helping you avoid sort of procrastination and being sloth. Um, laziness as well is, I guess, relevant to getting on with the job. Um, you know, if you're working. And like I said earlier, I, I work better under pressure and and actually sort of maybe the kind of list isn't that pressured. I, I feel like maybe set yourself some pressures, give yourself some little tasks to say, you know, I want to have this and this and this done by this time and aim for it. Yeah. So that can kind of keep you product, your productivity going, I think. We mentioned it in the speed episode. Hmm. That was one of the things, like one way to get around speed and deadlines is to set yourself a deadline. So a lot of clients will just say, I want something ASAP. or So, you know, it's up to you to obviously tell them when you can think you can do it by. But, you know, give yourself a shorter deadline maybe sometimes just to... But, yeah. I, but again go the other uh, topic we've spoken about in the past is ideas generation and i do think sometimes incubation period can help as well it's like i think there's a balance between having too long to do something yeah and then and then the opposite of that is obviously having too short a time to do it there's a nice balance in the middle where it's like you're still pressured and you have to get it done but you've got enough time to like give it some good thought and i think that's what experience teaches you as well that you know Mm. when you get into creative mode that i think you have to kind of learn to accept that it won't play ball or abide Mm -hmm. by the rules that you set in your mind yeah but maybe as we know in design in any job there are tasks that are more process-led or list tasks as i call them where mm-hmm. you're just basically ticking off and getting things done. And it's those ones, I think, where I think you have to treat 
I think you have to uh, label the creative sloth as incubation and ideas generation and part of the process, but label the sloth that's telling you to put off that list and not tidy that office as as lazy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that that kind of comes with time, comes with experience that you become aware self-aware is so important important in in all aspects isn't it i mean we spoke about it when um, we were talking about anxiety in one podcast um you know being self-aware and catching yourself and catching that dialogue that you talk to yourself in your own mind and how you mm -hmm. talk to yourself is so important so, so if i was to say to you liam that's a lazy designer what other criteria could describe a lazy designer what could make a designer lazy well i could this very moment look at my desktop and think i was talking about clutter before so you know the desktop on a computer is called the desktop because it you know and folders and things because it's from the physical realm so at the moment i'll be honest with the listeners and look at my desktop and think you know, I don't need these files here. Like some can go in the bin. It just looks a mess. I can organize it. Um, so that's, you know, just keeping on top of things like that. And that's got nothing to do with design really, but it's, you know, I always notice once I've, you know, we all kind of, I think a lot of people let their desktop build up and it gets to a certain point and you're like, okay, now I need I'm to so, tidy it. I'm so guilty of this. <laughs> Yeah, and it's not just the then, desktop. But is when it? you no, but then when you tidy it, you feel so good. Like it's therapeutic. It's yeah, like, but... oh yeah, now I, now I feel a bit more organized. Like I was saying before, I take so... to the next level though when I'm tidying a desktop. <laughs> Why? I have loads of to sort. Folders. You just got yeah to go through and then just drop dump it. Yeah, drop on hard drive and then like... to go through one to go through, and then two. you never go through it. No, and it or desktop. Like I used to put desktop and then the month. <laughs> then this is what we're talking about now. I think what you were going to touch on is then you open an InDesign file and you can't find a link. Oh, yeah. And it's in one of those folders or it yeah. was on your desktop and you think, I don't need that anymore. And you bin it and then. Shit, so, yeah, and, you, and, you, and you deleted it. Yeah. So that and, kind of thing is makes a lazy designer in a way. Well, I'm calling myself lazy there because it's happened to me before. But <laughs> I mean. you do learn you do learn over time. I think, especially if you're working with a team, you kind of have to be respectful that other people are going to be using your files and, you know, it should be efficient and easy for them to access stuff. But I think as lone, as lone rangers, it is quite easy to, to fall into like sloppiness. Sloppiness. Yeah. Um, that's a great word in terms of like, I don't know, like certain, you might have an artboard in InDesign and you've got stuff on the side or something that was, you know, and you don't, that's just stuff that you don't tidy up or like the lazy, the lazy side of designers when even, I mean, there's loads of memes about it and stuff, even, you know, Photoshop layers, there's one, I think it's Homer where it's like my artboard and the artboard, it's got him like, with no belly because it's like pulled by pegs and stuff. Then it, when he turns around, you can see that he looks really toned because it's been all like the layers panel is just 
a mess, basically. I've seen that. So there's that side as well. Sloppy, you know, it's like an AA meeting for designers, isn't it? I'm Kaz Casamano and I'm a sloppy designer. Sloppy, not in the designer, you know, I think the outcome of the work, but I think it's sometimes the process of, like you just said, chucking things on the desktop and, you know, accidentally getting links in to InDesign files. It, I mean, it happens to the best of us when we're working on specific jobs and maybe a whole host yeah. of reasons. But I think it's about, again, being aware and practicing some due diligence. I'm definitely loads better for it now that I'm working for myself. Um, I think being in an agency, like what you said about having to work with others in mind has always taught me certain things. Definitely guilty of the desktop um, scenario. Uh not guilty of the InDesign situation of having bits on the side of the artboard. I'm so such a stickler for making sure that they're all ditched. And um, yeah, I, I got a certain sort of process as well for, for InDesign when I'm sending stuff to print, um, you know, things like making sure. I don't think you really need to worry about it too much if you're writing a high-risk PDF these days because it can um, change everything to CMYK, but I always convert my images to CMYK because I just want to see what would happen to the color if I adjust it and add that to the inside. So I've got real kind of, I might have some sort of sloppiness in some areas and then really high level of due diligence uh, in, in others. Probably more so in where it matters, I guess. You know, when it's affecting client work, that's important to have that due diligence. But these things about being lazy are, are more really to help people become aware of, like I say, the day-to-day and, 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 and making a small change to some of the things that you might be lazy with might have a huge impact on productivity. Yeah. And I think it is about just awareness as well of, you know, we all suffer from imposter syndrome every now and again. And just being aware that, you know, people are other people are like you and you're like other people um it's like those memes as well um the creative process you know those memes where it's like yeah procrastinate there's lots of jokes around it on that instagram page you know designers humor i always think that the funniest jokes are funny because they're relatable and that's why it's funny so it's like you always have like a bar and it's like work deadline and then procrastination is like the most part of the bar (laughs) and you've got like a panic you go into your panic mode and then the actual work gets done yeah but i think sometimes as well we're we're quite harsh on ourselves because i don't know about you but i think i've said it before in another episode where we you don't really switch off from thinking about projects Mm. so if you're working on a logo you might be in the shower, you might be in bed. Yeah. And you're still thinking about how, you know, ideas, what can I do? Um, I think sometimes we need to take credit for the things that probably don't seem like work, but they actually are work. It's mm. like my dad, uh, for anyone that hasn't listened to the first episode or it's like my dad's a retired graphic designer and he, he always said that to me, like, or says that to me, still alive. That sounds like he's 
um, so he always says to me, like, you know, um, there's a lot of thinking you do that the client is not aware of. And even yourself, maybe because you're not, it's not physical work. It's, it's all in the mind that you need to take credit for. Yes. I mean, that's great advice, definitely, because, you know, you might be riding along and, and, and I'm riding along and on my bike and I might be thinking about a job and I'm like, oh yeah, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. And I think that's natural um, to kind of allow that stimulus to happen when your focus is on something completely different. Yeah. The irony is, is that I'm wondering in my head, what's driving that? Like, is it fear that's driving that? Because sometimes when I get a brief, I'm like, shit, fuck, what am I going to do? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, okay, right. Stop, think and go, you know, it's coming up to the end of the day. Right. I, I can't not have an idea. So my mind's ticking away and I'm wondering whether it's a survival thing because it knows it has to produce something. And it's like, okay, I'm going to let you go for this bike ride, but fuck you. You're not going to have I'm swearing a lot today. I'm really sorry about that. But you're not going to have, um, you know, uh, no idea. You're not going to be able to just go to sleep with no idea. You're going to have to create something. I think it's kind of like a, a bit of a survival thing or a bit of a panic stations um, for me anyway. Uh, relaxing. I think it's actually the opposite. I think it's the op- Sorry, but I think it is the opposite of panic stations. So you said we do work well under pressure, but I think it's the act of kind of you've been using your brain to try and solve this problem then in your head you're like right I'm finishing work I'm going you know I'm going indoors or whatever you go home and then you you're kind of your brain is kind of like you said relaxed so you're switched Mm. off from the panic and it's in that that instant that your brain is then allowed to just flow um Mm. And I think it's stimulus as well. Like, you know, if you are on a bike ride, you might ride past, I don't know, a building or something that just sparks an idea. So we've talked about that in the past as well, haven't we, about getting away from the desk. Yeah, I've experienced something very similar with, you know, sparking an idea or even bringing back a memory. I was actually in Sicily around 2007 or eight, and there was a summer track on and I never... I loved the tune and I remembered what it was called back then and the artist that sang it. Um, and um, I was, I thought about it about a week ago. I was like, oh, that tune. I, yeah, I remember that song. I can't remember who it's by though. And I spent an hour, I looked at, you know, the charts for the that year in that summer when I was over there, um, try to kind of find all of the, because uh, it was a Spanish speaking song. I was just like delving through. I spent, I must've spent over an hour, two maybe just trying to search for it. And then again, it's out for a walk. I was like, oh yeah, I remember that band now. And I remember what the tune's called. <laughs> it was like, I can't even get that time back, unfortunately. <laughs> so, but you get so frustrated, but you keep chipping away at it. It's, again, I think you just need to step away, but it's not, it's not, it's a lot easier said than done stepping away is a lot easier said than done. I think, you know, that's the hard thing about being on your own as well, because, you know, me and Liam, we work well together. We, we, we don't, we're not just um, great friends and co-hosts on this podcast. We work together as well on certain projects. And I know that having you about on, and you, you kind of, you know, see 
when I'm entering those zones and I can see it when you're entering those zones, it's about, ah, okay, let's get you out of that thinking. Let's get you out. And you kind of help each other. It's a lot harder when you're completely on your own. Yeah. Because once you show someone something, you get instant feedback and then you might see something that, well, they'll see something that you didn't see. Mm. Um, which which if you're on your own you might just procrastinate and just be like I'm not going to send it to the client because I'm not sure about something whereas we just show each other bang it's done you say why don't you try this Liam do that and then I'm like well yeah that's made it so much better thanks and then you're confident to then send it to the client so we have said it before as well like I would definitely recommend if you can get yourself like a buddy that you can share mm. stuff with that you trust and just get get some feedback that definitely helps laziness um cuz maybe you don't want to ha- maybe it's laziness because you can't be asked to have that conversation with yourself in your own head yeah like maybe you're like oh, I can't be bothered with that conversation so I'm just going to be lazy and do something else because when you get into that conversation, that conversation between you and, you know, me, myself and I can go on and go around in circles um, and you can create a complete horror story <laughs> over something. Yeah. You know, it's like looking up the internet um, when you're trying to self-diagnose an illness. You go from having a simple cough to a terminal illness, don't you? You know, I'm you can already, literally read dead. yourself in... Yeah, you can you can read yourself into a into a state of panic. Um, yeah. So definitely having that buddy, I think, is great motivation and also keeps you going through the day. Maybe keeps you on track, stops procrastination a bit, um, and um, yeah, just it kind of adds an an element of importance. You know, dare I say it as well, uh, Liam? Like. I love doing this podcast and, you know, I ain't got any plans to stop doing uh, podcasting because I'm absolutely love it, enjoy it. And I, I kind of love explaining and telling people about our experiences and my experiences. But even like sloth for doing some podcast stuff, like, you know, I don't get paid to do a podcast. I get paid to do other things. I get paid to design work for clients. So there's a list of things that I've got here for the podcast that I haven't done and there's probably been perfect opportunities to do them, but I've not done them. Um, so it, it almost happens on the things that you love the most doing as well. And kind of because there isn't, I, I say a financial benefit to the podcast, you think, Oh, I've got to work because that's what's bringing in the money and paying the bills. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've got, we've got plans, you know, me and Liam have got plans for this podcast. We want to take it to the next level. We want to do all sorts of crazy cool stuff. And yeah, I've suffered with procrastination and haven't got onto doing some of those things. I admit that. That's why we need to get a sponsor. So if you are a sponsor <laughs> and you are listening and you love the show, then... Yeah. Um, Keep us motivated by yeah. sponsoring no, our I'm, podcast. I'm definitely like you said I'm I'm not going to give it up. Um 
I think it's good as well because we have we have like each other to be accountable for. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, maybe if it was a one man show, it'd be a lot easier to be like, oh, I'm not going to do it this week. I'll just. Yeah, absolutely. And I know we did start off as like the series was like, was like one a week, which we've now moved to like. Once every two weeks. Every two weeks. Um, but yeah, you learn what's achievable and what's realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that's another thing as well to point out. It's like, yeah, just test the water and see what's realistic and achievable yeah, while still while still doing what you want to do. Because um, I think, yeah, the, I love these conversations we have, just us two, and then I love having guests on as well because we, you know, that, I mean, that pushes us as well to carry on doing it. And yeah. We get to learn from some really cool people, meet cool people. So, absolutely, um, and all of the love and support that we get, the messages, the shares, the likes. Um, we had a fantastic, fan, absolutely awesome uh, response to the last podcast we released with Paul Nicholson. Um, yeah. it all helps feed in the dream of keeping going and keeping motivated to continue doing this and, and hope and hopefully adds value. Um, you know, a, a designer friend of ours said that they love our show because we cut through the bullshit. And mm. I think that's, I'd like to think, I'd like to see myself as somebody that does that, especially in this game where there is a lot of bullshit. Um, so yeah well that was an advert for the c3 design podcast just there shoehorned in um back to the topic <laughs> in hand lazy designers uh, it's still relevant though because we're talking about being you know there's a yeah there's something to do are you gonna do it or are you not um like okay lazy designers then so we've got organization and things like clutter like desktops like physical Mm -hmm. space and then your computer desktop folders then you've got design files um what else can we well when you say design files i I think as well like things like setting up style sheets and in in uh, in design making sure you're using um cmyk color values for print-based work if it's a spot color job that you've got those spot colors in there. Um, yeah. I have a process at the end of a job. So these are the things that I think you should be doing. And if you're not doing them when that, that kind of makes you lazy. Um, but when I'm sending stuff to print, even if the clients approved the copy, they've sent the copy across. I always run a spell check. Absolutely. 100% run a spell check at the end of the job. Reason being is because what if I accidentally copied the text in slightly wrong or, you know, join two words together in that text and now it's a miss is a spelling error. Do you know what I do though? I do that spell check before I send it to them because if you if they sign it off and then you edit that, there's a chance that you could create an error and then it's mm-hmm. your fault. It's on your back. I understand what you're saying, like but I I like to try and make myself not liable by 
basically when when they say it's signed off what i need to do artwork wise is check the bleed um check cmyk like you said check yeah colors images whatnot yeah i feel like if i start then editing what they've <laughs> written or yeah i mean yeah i do what you say as well like make sure that the text has been spell checked once it's gone out for the first proof but i just sometimes from experience of you know uh maybe i'm tidying up an artboard and i've accidentally leaned on the i'm not trying to say that this happens but just for example you know you accidentally uh hit the space bar key just (laughs) but uh for that reason i think it's probably like you might create a sparing level even though we've not done it so i think for just running a, a spell check at the end of the job before sending it to print is no bad thing as well as making sure you've run a spell check on the copy before you've got it into the to the indesign file i didn't want that to sound like you're a bad person by the way when i said i do it this way oh no no i think we all have our ways of doing things it's it's about finding what works and what makes you feel, um, you know, like we've spoken before about anxiety and those kind of things when you're like sending stuff. Like, I don't know about you, but no matter how many years I've been sending stuff to print, I always get this anxiety that is everything, you know, or even oh. though you can do all your checks, you still think yeah. like, oh, did I, did I put bleed on it? And you know what I mean? Like, and it's always after you've pressed send and then that evening or something you like, mm-hmm. you kind of worrying that something's going to go wrong and it's your fault. And <laughs> It's horrible, isn't it? I hate this feeling of getting sending stuff to print. It happens now, 20 years in, I still get it. And uh, it's a nightmare. I really yeah. hate it. Um, I sometimes put off, I not, not say put off sending stuff to print, but... I know that I might have, if the deadline's a little bit liberal and, you know, I've got get, maybe get to print by the end of the week, I'll be like, I won't do it just yet. I'll maybe do it. To, I think a good time to do a center print is first thing in the morning. Like when you just really, when you, when you have to get it out and you know that your sort of mind is really focused, I don't do center prints at the end of the day. As a general rule, I don't, unless obviously, you know, if it's called for it, it's an advert, whatever, you know, obviously, but um, I think if I've got the time to, set a job up and make sure things are correct and stuff for print. I'd like to do that at a certain point of the day where I'm probably a little bit more, my mind's not as tired. It's not been busied. It's not been working on certain things or been jumping around on different yeah. jobs. So it's definitely a process that keeps you not, and if you don't, if you're not doing when it's come to your work, you're, you know, kind of being quite lazy as a designer. I think how you present yourself is important as a designer and, being lazy with things like your spelling in your emails. Um, there was an article about spelling not being important in this, you know, modern world, but I do see it's important. Um, uh, I, you know, just like even little things like having a capital PO, um, you know, like a PO to, for a PO number. I, I had an email where I was writing. And um, I was writing it to the client and I almost hit send and I thought I'd read it back. And um, I put, when I have a PO, lowercase, which reads when I have a poo <laughs> <I> will, <laughs> or a PO, 
I will get on to getting the job booked in. So I think actually having capital P dot capital O dot makes that read less I'm having a poo. <laughs> yeah. I think I completely agree about emails. It's like I am very strict with spelling and things like that and making sure it's whereas I think you receive a lot of emails that obviously someone's just gone and hit send. Yeah. I think it's the nature of our businesses were a service-based business. So we, we need to have, it's that perception. It's all about the brand. You're going to be working on that person's design work, which will generally have text in it. Yeah. One associate, some element, uh, element of, uh, I say just, just general, is it respect, courtesy to to send an email that's as written as best as it possibly yeah. can? It's professionalism um, as well. I, 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 professional, yeah, being professional, and I think that's important. Definitely, all these things are important in in perception, like you said. You know, it's a perfect way to describe it. Um, so yeah, definitely like lazy designers with spelling in their in their emails. Um, Although I think it's good to point out as well, like especially my dad, a lot of creatives are dyslexic or have trouble with spelling. So, you know, but I think with spell checks and things like that, I think that's that's key, isn't it? Just use a spell check. and Yeah, I mean, I don't think every client is, you know, that is employing a designer is looking for... Um, the written works of Shakespeare when they read the email. Um, they just, I guess there's a balance. Like there is, um, I, I, okay, things like you get to a point in the, in a client relationship when you might feel you might be comfortable to use a smiley face or you might get to a point where you think, hey, bud, is a fine start of an email. Um, but if you're, if you're, cutting corners maybe in that first or being very sort of like, I don't know, just trying to rush it and it's, it's apparent. Yeah. Whatever, you know, later I'll get onto it, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Don't capitalize your name or his name or misspell their name, which is something that people really hate. Um, you, you can kind of tell when somebody has been writing an email on their phone as well, can't you? Because there's tends to be loads of like errors or they've broken the text yeah. by hitting return in random places. Or it says sent sent from my iPhone. Yeah, because I've not removed it from the signature. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely that, I think, with the written work that you do kind of makes you sort of lazy if you're not having a bit of a care and attention to it. Um, trying to think of other examples of being a lazy designer that we know of or are guilty of i've got um, one i've got go one for it it is our own portfolio website social media content oh, you know yeah. marketing ourselves is very very easy to put off um well number one because client work obviously has to come first um but even then, it's very easy just to be like, well, 
I can work on my website next week or I can update my portfolio yeah. in a few months or yeah and then you're envious aren't you going to us other deadly sin of envy of people that are doing those things it becomes a little vicious yeah. a vicious circle a vicious cycle of uh, seven deadly sins or two of them at least and uh, I'm definitely somebody that needs to be up Updating their website and it's very old and dated and needs needs doing so um it's uh made that kind of aware for me having this conversation with you um but yeah but what's stopping me doing it i think how old's your website now it is about three years old but it is looking a lot more dated than three years old and i know the work on there is quite old as well um i'm using instagram as a place to upload current portfolio pieces but i think a nice uh, brochure site is is a good thing to have if you're in a service industry um so yeah and, and as well and i'm doing i'm doing ui and ux and you know really I should, my front of house should be reflective of of that um just being honest need to get around to doing it um so but I think it's because we're our own worst enemies when it comes to our own personal work or our personal projects. And that's what causes us to be sloth or procrastinate on it. Yeah. Because we just want to, we just can't be bothered with it. Uh, not say the pain, that sounds like it's really severe, but um, just can't be asked with the, with, with the feelings that can bring out. Like sometimes we're just avoiding stuff because we just don't want to put ourselves through that feeling. It, it, it could be anything it's natural for human beings to want to avoid pain and if something causes us pain grief anxiety or something we we tend to just avoid it just um it's kind of just training ourselves to maybe face it yeah my website is so i did that website when i first went freelance 2017 so that's four years old and i only i just added a when I went freelance this time, I just added a few projects. Um, so yeah. I definitely want to update it soon. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's some like big changes I want to make there. So on the to do list, and, yeah. Um, and then yeah, updating things like portfolio. I guess, like you say, Instagram is quite a good one just because you know you just have to either create one image or a few images um from a project in a square format job done you don't you know have you don't even have to write a caption if you don't want to you can just <laughs> say logo for x yeah i've got a bit of a tip though with it all um like if you are somebody that struggles to maybe nail a couple of things on the job list. And, you know, if you are creating Instagram posts, I, I recently um, utilized the carousel format in, in, in other um, design pieces. So for example, anyway, I'll, I'll get it, I'll get to the point. Um, I wanted to add work that I'd done to proposal documents to show clients when I'm sending the initial proposal, especially if they're uh, new inquiries of past work uh, i wanted my proposal document to be a bit of a cv for myself 
Um, so it encompasses the price and adds, you know, packaging around that price, which is... It's a bit of a portfolio at the same time. Absolutely. So I don't, you know, and, and sometimes I think lazy can actually help you become productive because I didn't want to recreate all of the um, mock-ups for projects to fit in this new format. Yeah. So I try and think when I'm doing stuff of not just the thing that it's being done for, but where that could be applied in other areas. So I think that's being quite savvy or a little bit intelligent with yeah. things. So on this proposal document, I split the grid, the pages into the square grid format and had like one bigger square lead image, smaller square images around it. And I utilized the post that I created in Instagram. Um, not all clients will find your work on Instagram or uh, online. So receiving the um, proposal allowed me to produce something quite quickly and have quite a big impact. Yeah. Yes, I could have done a whole bespoke piece and a whole new case study mock-up, but it might have been a lot of time spent for very little reward. I think there's a balance there. So there's a positive of being a little bit lazy, isn't there? Looking for two to kill two birds with one stone, as they say. Yeah, that's a good. It's a good method. It means you can tune the proposal to specific clients as well. So if they're in a certain industry and you've done work mm -hmm. for that industry before, you'd be like, right, I'll make sure all those square images are from those projects. So that is good. That's a good. Uh, yeah. Good advice. My old creative director said kit bag. Have it in your kit bag. Yeah. What else would you have in your kit bag? Um, things that I could use for marketing myself, like what I just mentioned around the uh, proposal. Um, formats, maybe formats of files and stuff. You might create one format and, and then, you know, whilst you're there, create another format sort of for a rainy day. Um, templated stuff, you know, things that I created a template format for some posts and just have that as an InDesign file so you can just kind of tap in. So, so you're not starting from scratch. I think your kit bag's there for you to kind of pull upon so you're not starting from scratch all the time. Yeah. Um, a kind of repository of, of things that are going to benefit you quickly. Mm -hmm. So... But yeah, literally anything. Your kit bag could be anything, whether it's reference material or um, fonts. Um, it could be anything. Like um, Paul Nicholson mentioned about him having, you know, like a folder with, I can't remember how many thousand images he mm -hmm. said, but that he can just use as inspiration. And So it's kind of like we've gone a bit full circle with it because we're kind of saying create these processes that, well, Create these processes so that you're not being lazy, but allow these processes to make you lazy <laughs> in the way that you might churn stuff out or productive. <laughs> yeah, it's about just, like you said, being clever. Productivity. Being clever and mm. there are certain things that you can't use templates for. And so yeah, absolutely. when you can... It's even, you know, things like, um, you know, back in the day, 
if you wanted a decent mock-up, <laughs> you'd have to either take a photograph yourself or you'd have to Photoshop something and spend hours doing it. And now mm. with things like Placeit, you know, you've yeah. got a mock-up in seconds, minutes. Yeah. And as time goes on as well, there's going to be more and more things that that help us. So there are lots of tools out there that make our job a lot easier and maybe even an older generation might say lazy as well because yeah things like grammarly yeah things like grammarly or even ui yeah sorry not ui ai technologies that are out there at the moment some are just mind-blowing i mean things like in the podcast world like descript and um this one that somebody posted the other day called write i think mm. where it's using ai to create writing or or text for for, for blogs for uh, written content um it's kind of mind-blowing uh about the stuff out there that's gonna make us obsolete <laughs> yeah lazy <laughs> maybe maybe it's definitely but everybody will always need the c3 design podcast won't they so we won't ever be obsolete well we'll find something to talk about whether it's animals that are slow and sloth-like and actually called sloths or but I definitely, for me, I definitely see a future where design will just be done by AI and computers. Mm. If you think about it, like we're trying to solve a problem and it's going to get to a point when a computer can solve that problem better than we can. Mm -hmm. Just needs the information. Yeah. Um, but it can look at, you know, you could put into a database like, okay, this is what a fashion brand looks like. This is what a beauty salon looks like. This is what a sports brand looks like. And a computer would be able to generate that. And it would be able to tap into mm. the target audience more than we probably can as well. Because everything we do on Google is feeding AI. You ask it a question, it gives you an answer. It's it's learning how people think, what people want, which is something, especially as like us little, you know, solo freelancers. How are you going to compete against that? Because we just turn up and say, "Oh, I think, I think this is what your target audience wants," but it, but it's guesswork based on the information we can get. It is scary. Yeah, it is. It's really scary. It is Skynet. It is Judgment Day. Um, it is the Terminator. And that's that's even if we get to AI being that good because of climate change, and now they even call it climate crisis. So, yeah. Jesus, I, I mean, I, I'm I'm super low now. <laughs> Sorry to... Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking about the world, the to, crisis, uh, climate crisis. But maybe we, you know, as yeah. designers, maybe... Who's shouting your slippers tonight, mate? <laughs> well, it's just reality, you know, it's, um, it's current. Um, and I think, you know, maybe as designers, we can actually help with that. Um, maybe we sh shouldn't be lazy, right? And maybe we can actually, mm -hmm. you know, like our friend Lucy... Uh, Lucy Lilliard, yeah. uh, she's that's what she's kind of based her 
business around now is working with sustainable companies and people that are doing good. Mm. Um, yeah, applaud yeah. That. So maybe that's what we need to not be lazy. Yeah, obsolete, obsolete. Maybe not repositioning. Maybe yes, repositioning, um, reevaluating where what our roles are. So, but what do you think? Because I'm quite interested to. Obviously, I gave my kind of thoughts on it, but what? So, if we're not going to be obsolete and we'll still have a place somewhere, I don't know if you've thought about it before, so you might not have an answer. But where do you see us then? If where's the human designer if AI is is better? I think there's always that controlling aspect of um, of of AI, like. At this point in time, I mean, I can't predict what's going to happen in the future, but you have to go onto a, okay, let's, for example, say it's a website. Somebody has to physically go to that website and has to physically input something that then generates something, you know, whether that be, you know, a keyword or a, a tell it to do something or a simple click. It still has, you know, you still have to be somebody that does that. And, and I think as well, the role of a designer and the way that the economy is in the, um, modern world with the you know SaaS um, software as a service is that yes it's going to be available for to maybe do design work but it's not going to be something that everybody's going to want to buy it may be that you establish yourself in the trade and you have licenses for software or AI uh, pr uh, products like you do Adobe um, but your hairdresser isn't going to be interested in having that license or purchasing that software. So yeah, the AI stuff might be generating it, but they're still going to be coming to speak to you in order to get it done. Potentially. I'm trying to find a saving grace here for us at this moment in time. I don't know what's going to, what's going to happen. Um, that sounds like it could happen. Yeah. But I mean, I don't see this happening overnight. Um, I bloody hope not. But I think in one way though, it's like you're saying a, a person has to press a button. Why can't AI press a button? Mm. It's quite hard to comprehend, right? But you have to imagine a world where AI is like you, but has the capacity, the the computer, the memory, the brain power to just hold infinite knowledge. That's yeah, scary, isn't it? And I'm not, you know, I don't know about, you know, emotions and things like that, but but maybe that's where they succeed because they haven't got emotions. That's so true, yeah. these things we're talking about before about laziness, they don't have that. It's just do it. And they don't have anxiety. They don't have fears. So, but I think it's interesting what you said. I haven't thought about that before, that maybe we are like agents and people come to us and say, you know, I want a logo. And then we've got the, the technology, the software. Well, maybe we get to charge the machines, plug them in with a lightning jack. Yeah. Um, it's my, it, it, it's our worst fears all rolled into one, isn't it? This conversation, <laughs> like I say, it's Skynet, Terminator, Wally. When we're all sent to space or in the world, the earth's trashed. I didn't expect this conversation to get to this, but it's good. I like it. <laughs> 
yeah, the role of the designer, the role of, I mean, it's not even a question of the role of the designer, is it? You're actually questioning the role of the human, the role of the I person, mean, humanity itself. Well, I mean, yeah, it can get to that point. Because I think, it's like if you hear Elon Musk talk about it, he's he's saying, you know, the government should be scared. They should be putting in legislation now with how far it can go because once it's got that far that they don't need humans then then that's when you can't turn it back then exactly yeah wow mind blown mind blown after that we should try and get because i've elon uh, musk on the show yeah um i'm sure he'll be free next week but I think we should try and get someone that is like an AI expert or something and try and get their yeah their kind of take on it because you know everything I've said is just kind of speculation from the brief research I've done and kind of yeah speculating what could happen well based on what you've just said I'm not sure I'm going to like them very much if they come on the <laughs> show <laughs> be like somebody that's working with the tobacco companies it's like you know uh, merchants of death it's uh yeah yeah i mean you could look at the other side of it as sloth and laziness as if we've got robots and ai to do everything for us we can just kick back and you know you like can in do wally when they're just want. cruising around on their little hover yeah, you can do you can do whatever beds. you want like if you want to be an artist mm. like there's lots of people in this world yeah. that want to be artists but they don't actually get to kind of do it until they've retired because then they've got mm -hmm. the time to do it so you know if if it meant the world was liberated yeah then that would be a good thing but then the opposite to that is skynet like you said and bloody war yeah. with robots and potential doom and the end of the world as yeah. we know it. And every sci-fi film that's ever existed becoming a reality. Scary times. Yeah, man. Well, I think on that joyful note, <laughs> joyous note, we should uh, <laughs> maybe wrap up and just maybe recap on some of the some of the key points of what we what we've spoken about this evening. Um, regarding sort of laziness as a, as a designer. Um, so I think definitely process mm -hmm. working out what, what, what's, um, uh, environment you like to work in. Is it a pressured environment? I think definitely for me, key points are clear, the cl clutter, clear the mind that allows you to stop being so lazy and just making sure your environments, you know, in tip top condition to actually perform in, um, I think number three would be around being aware of when you might be cutting corners if you're, you know, throwing things onto your desktop and then throwing them into InDesign. Um, that's quite sloppy and lazy and can get you into, you know, can kind of waste more time in the long run if you've, you've got to kind of go back and fix these issues. Um, prepare yourself for a computer Skynet invasion. That's another thing that I think's quite yeah. key. <laughs> um, 
is there anything else that I've is there anything I've missed that's key? Well, for me, it's like make a to do list. Awesome. I I stand by them even in personal life as well. It's like this yeah. is my day, and it does help. So write a little list and crack on. Awesome. Wicked. Well, I, I guess um, on that note, we should uh, say bye for now. And uh, I know we've got some episodes lined up that are going to be some interviews with some people. Um, there's some exciting things happening in the background that we're going to be thinking of and trying to implement. And, and obviously, we've got one uh, remaining uh, Seven Deadly Sin to talk about. So we look forward to recording that and uh, completing our first series. And it's been a successful one. And we need to think about another one. Yeah, absolutely. Any Anybody that's got any kind of like uh, ideas or wants to share um, some things or would like us to discuss anything on the podcast, um, then please, you know, message us on Instagram and we'll, uh, we'll uh, get back to you and uh, look to try and um, discuss those topics and maybe come up with a new series, a new series um, once the seven deadly sins is finished. Yeah, man. Sounds good. Great stuff. Thanks well, for listening. I'll catch you uh, later, Liam. Catch you later, dude. Bye Ciao for, for now. now.